You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. No music, no intro. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what this episode is going to be, honestly. Um, I hit Ryan up and I just said, hey, man, you just want to. You just want to chat and put it on wax. Um, you know, I I texted Ryan earlier talking about just how defeating, defeated and defeating this year has been. Hmm. Just every everything, man. Coronavirus, the 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 idiot who's in charge of of, of the presidency. Police brutality, Uh, uh, terrorism and a vigilante taking matters into his own fucking hands, doing riots, the riots, the fires in California. You have Hurricane Laura hitting Southeast Louisiana like 1 a.m. tonight. It's... It's exhausting, man. It's it's I'm telling you, man. Like, it's exhausting. It's crazy. And I always go back, I always wonder like, okay, is it just that we are being uh inundated with analysis and news since you know, since you know, twenty first century we have Twitter and, and you know, twenty four hour news and uh internet news and you know, I just wonder if it's is it that or is like this year's special, but bro, this year ain't no joke. <laughs> bro, this year, this 2020 ain't no whole dog. Like 2020 a trip. Oh, a whole bitch out here, bro. Like I don't. I mean, first of all, you're talking about a pandemic, which is something that no, like, like, like you tweeted, your parents haven't. You know, your parents haven't experienced a pandemic. My my grandma who raised me, she's seventy six years old. She's never experienced a pandemic. Like, right. bro. And that's just by itself. Like, if you just had COVID nineteen pandemic, boom. Like, that's, that's crazy. That's enough for one year. <laughs> then you just layer everything on top of that, bro. Like, you know this. And I do wonder if it kind of. They kind of mixed together the, uh, you know, obviously the police brutality, black lives, something, something that's been going on a long time, long before I was even existing. But the the anger and the frustration kind of coming to a head, I wonder if that has anything to do with being locked down so long, the pandemic, what it does to your, your you know, your mental and just all the, everything that's going on, Trump, all this stuff, I wonder if all that just kind of feeds into the anger that causes, you know, riots and you know, looting and, you know, protesting every night and all that stuff where people just, like, fed up, man. Like, fed up, NBA, man. like, the NBA, we had the NBA get canceled because of the pandemic. Figured out a way to keep it going months later, this whole bubble thing, and it was running about as smooth as any sports smooth, team. Smooth, bro. Smooth. Made it through the finals, and you know the Milwaukee Bucks said, "You know what? After the killing of uh, Jacob Blake, 
we done. We don't we don't even feel like playing no more. And I I mean I respect it a hundred percent. Like I respect it, you know. If I, if they want to shut the league down, shut it down. Shut you know it what down, I'm man. But like yeah, it's like I I respect it a hundred percent. But it's just like wow, like that's kind of crazy. But we kind of looking at it like damn, that's crazy. But like that's crazy. <laughs> It's it's un, it's unprecedented and unprecedented. Thank you. Exact word. It, you know, I'm I'm 32, and even though like I don't like some days I feel older than that, some days I feel younger than that. You know, I've I've seen a lot. You know, in my life, I know you've seen a lot in your life, but there's there's nothing. There's never been anything like like this. Like it's, and I, I just hope. And I'm, I'm trying not to be pessimistic when I say this. I just hope that there's actual change, like on some type of level, like there is actual change. Um, and it was just reported, you know, Woj and Shams and everyone who covers the NBA just reported that after, you know, they had the, their NBA meeting with the players and all that, that just ended just recently, like a couple of minutes ago, the Lakers and the Clippers were the ones who voted or, you know, was saying, like, we should just boycott the entire season. Like, mm. the fact that LeBron James, who, you know, everyone says, you know, he only has three championships, yeah. blah, 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 legacy bullshit talk, you know how it goes. And the fact that he was, the Lakers were one game away from going to the next round of the playoffs, and he's like, you know what? fuck this like because at the end of the day like what does it like that's just powerful it is powerful and that's and that's where things are right now because what what as as black men as black people in this country like what more what more can we do until we're we're noticed and our voices are heard and we're not being muted and silenced and and my my girlfriend brought up a, a a great point today. She texted me. She was like, "Huh, Packers been mighty. The Packers been mighty silent about yeah about things." Um, I I don't know, man. It's it's just it's insane. Everything that's everything that's going on. I will say that they did put out a statement yesterday, the Packers, but you know. I mean, you know how that goes. I mean, like, 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 like I told Patrick when he was on, that's become that's become an industry. Oh, like, bro, I'm telling you, you go go to college. You want to make some money? Go to college. You know, take a few classes on intersectionality, on you know, on diversity, inclusion, and you know, uh, uh, I mean, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just just take those classes and you know try to get understanding read some of the uh books on it plenty of books and come up with a little course and sell yourself to these fortune 500 companies saying you can teach them about this and you can write marketing plans to help you with diversity and inclusion and do you can make a ton of money doing that these days it's become an industry in itself if you could write a pr statement that's going to come out nice and fluffy you know, about how you're dealing with, you know, you respect the, the you know, race, racial injustice and you are with, you know, ready to fight racial injustice in America. If you can write a statement like that for a company, man, they'll pay you money, man. I'm telling you. You know, we had a couple of months ago, which is crazy to think that, not crazy because we're in America, but it's more sad as a, a better word to think about. We were just talking about this a couple of months ago. And the 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 term and the phrase that you came up with was was woke, was woke was it woke capitalism? Yeah. And and I feel like these companies are like, God dang! Like again, Negroes! Like we gotta <laughs> <laughs> like I mean I shouldn't I shouldn't laugh at that, but like it's funny I, though. It is oh, funny. I mean, because like I know that's what they're thinking. Like let's be real. Like right. They're just like, oh, didn't we just appease you guys a couple of months ago with, like, the George Floyd thing? And, like, that's the thing that they don't get is, like, a statement and, you know, Call of Duty changing, like, their shit and putting it black. Like, yeah. none of, like that, what does, that doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything, you know, 
you know, I, you know, you open up Amazon Prime and went to watch a movie, all black screen, Black Lives Matter. We stand with you. It's like I don't need Amazon to stand. Come on, man, you know Jeff, Jeff. If like, you don't, if you don't stop, Jeff. Come on, Jeff. Like Jeff, chill. Just keep slinging them. You know, keep slinging them packages on time, brother. You know, and you know, okay. why don't you, you know, hire some, you know, brothers that kind of look like me, brothers and sisters, into roles of power and you know status. But other than that, man, you can't, know, can't even be mad at Jeff. I'm from their perspective, right? From their from their perspective, I mean, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If they don't say anything, you know, you might get you know, a couple thousand people, hey, you know, attacking them on Twitter or in social media or whatever. Saying, hey, well, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Why haven't you released a statement? So it becomes one of those things where one company releases a statement and another company's like, oh, geez, uh, yeah. our competitor, re- yeah, our competitor released a statement, so we got two, too. And then blah, 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 and then over and over and over, you know. So honestly, it just doesn't matter to me because what they do just had, I mean, it just doesn't concern me at all. We know no. where change comes from, and it's not from corporate America, you know what I'm saying? No. It's, and. It's, it's one of the most telling things, you know, that I am, I have never been the type to read comments a lot, whether it's on, you know, any type of comment online comments yeah. to stuff that Man. are posted. I love it. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> but one of the most, and I saw it briefly today, one of the most telling things, and this is why I get pessimistic of just things are not going to change is comes out like the bucks are boycotting and then the five like responses on twitter after that after that that post is the most like the exactly missing the point it's Uh it's usually i mean if i gotta be real it's usually someone that's non-black who doesn't know anything about the oppression that we've that we've experienced and it's like oh well i uh, well, I stand for their calls, but like this isn't this isn't the way to do it. Who yeah. the fuck had like? <laughs> who are you? Who are you? Please, like. And what really what really annoys me is the ones that say like, "Oh, poor wealthy black oh. players, poor guys." You know, like like just because they've succeeded in life, they shouldn't you know, risk their wealth and fame and status to fight for people that don't have that. Right. Like, if anything, that's commendable, you know. We commend that. 100%. Because we know there are plenty that don't do that. You know, they don't, you know, miss game checks. Or I don't know, NBA players are going to miss game checks. But I'm just saying, you know, they are putting their status on the line. Colin Kaepernick, let's not even get on that. I'm saying we talk about a dude. four, Four years ago today. Or four years ago, yeah, yeah, and and it's crazy. And even like, I even remember when the whole cap thing happened, and there are people at the NFL Network that refused to believe he was being blackballed. Like they just could, they couldn't imagine it. And like to me and you, we're like, uh, hello, (laughs) what? It's like, come on, man. Like, come on, man. But, you know, we just, I don't know, man, I guess, you know, just with our, with our experience, we just, we just, we, we see, one, one thing that has been you know, so apparent to me is how people see things through their own prism. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Speak and on it. Like, I, if you, I posted earlier, uh, well, not I didn't post earlier, but I mean, when, when you look, if you go to find a video of Jacob Blake getting shot, in the back by the police and then look at the comments. It's like people see two completely look at the same video and come away with two completely polarizing opinions. You know what I'm saying? Like one person could look at it and say, wow, the guy, unarmed guy shot in the back, you know, seven times. Like he didn't even deserve that. And somebody could look, well, look, I mean, obviously he deserved that. I mean, he, he's, you know, he was threatening the lives of the officers. It's like, like, we're looking at the same thing. <laughs> you know what's compl- that's a perfect analogy because you know anyone who 
knows enough about me or whatever knows what my career, my profession is being a social worker. And that's something that I deal with as a social worker of there's a situation that's going on in this family and me as social, I have my assessment and what I feel is the right thing to do for the safety of the child, whether that's removing the kid from out of that situation, whatever it is. Right. And then another social worker, you know, with their assessment skills sees the situation completely different. And it's like, Oh no, I think we should leave this kid with the parent, with the mom or with the dad because of X, Y, Z. And I'm like, are we not looking at the same picture? Like I'm trying to keep the kids safe in in an environment where nothing's going to happen to them. And then, you know, I provide like, and it's even more, it's not just a video. Like there's like, this family has a history of, a, B, C, D, yeah. completely different. Other social workers sees it completely different. And it's, so that's the perfect analogy because I deal with it literally, not every day, but I deal with it a lot in my profession. Um, and, that, and that's where that, it's, the question becomes how it, I guess the real question is, can that disconnect ever be fixed? And the, pes, the pessimist in me says like, it, it can't. Like, it's, yeah. it's hard to take someone who is so hardwired one way in their, in how they think and how they b- have been brought up and raised and whatever it is to get them to think a different way. Like, yeah. you know, as, a, as an adult, as adults, like we are set in our ways, yeah, largely, and we are who we are. I'm not saying that we can't change, but it's a hard thing to get a person to change. Yeah, in, in, in large part, people think what they're going to think, and, and not much you can do about it, you know what I'm saying? It, it just is what it is, and I'm, I am pessimistic, man. I'm sorry. Like, I wish I could be, like, hopeful and all <laughs> no. that stuff. And, you know, like, long-term, I am kind of hopeful. Like, I think eventually things work out, you know, I think, I think humanity kind of figures out a way you know, to keep existing, I think. You know, I think I'm not 100. Oh, percent with the Dr. Malcolm, life, life finds a way. <laughs> life finds a way. I really do think that. You know, but well, I mean, we just—I feel like, man, what we at now is like a nexus point or something. It's like I don't know if everything is converging or yeah, man, that, something, that's man. It's just like. I just feel like, like people keep saying 2020, but it's like, it's not like on January 1st, 2021, <laughs> things just going to be like, cool. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> like, we got to figure this out. We got to figure this thing out. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know. I'm not like, I'm a student of history, bro. Like, right. I love history. I read it. Not just politics, but like pretty much anything. And when you just look at like I know, I know some people don't want to hear this. Like they're like, you know, about the riots and the looting and all that stuff. Because look, trust me, I understand it. Like I get it, I understand the rage, I get it. But my fear is, just like in '67, '68, when you had a lot of riots, you had a lot of, you know, '68 was crazy. King got killed. You had the Vietnam War at full rage, the Tet Offensive. Robert Kennedy gets killed, uh, rise of the Black Panthers. And, I mean, it was crazy. You know what I'm saying? And what the Republicans did back then, 67, 68, there was an uptick in crime. There was an uptick in violence. They had the riots all over the country. They had an uptick in drug use, like heroin and marijuana. You know, the whole hippie movement and all that stuff. And they conjoined the two and made it seem like those two were connected and tried to sell that to their base, the Republican base, as a driving force of why you should elect Nixon. You know, you should elect Nixon because, you know, we gotta, we're going to be tough on crime. We're going to stop all this. We're going to law and order, law and order. We're going to bring law and order back to America and all that stuff. And my fear is all this stuff that's going on in, you know, Kenosha, Wisconsin and 
you know, Seattle, all over Maryland, Portland, all over the country, Chicago. I mean, it's been everywhere. My fear is you got all these people that sitting at home watching, you know, watching what's going on, these suburban women, as Trump likes to call them, and they're watching this, and they don't want that. They don't want that in their little pretty community, and they are going to show out in droves, and it's not showing up in the polls. These are not the people that's going to answer questions over the phone about who you're going to vote for. My, my fear is they're going to come out in droves in November and make a statement. You know what I'm saying? Make mm-hmm. a statement and completely reject, you know, what's happened the past couple of months. And that's going to be unfortunate because if you give him another four years with like a rubber stamp, I don't know how that's going to play out. You know what I'm saying? Like Shambles. nobody can predict that. And, and what comes from that, like, just look at how this whole election is planned on, it's supposed to go like with the mail-in, you got the pandemic going on, people can't be around each other. You got the mail-in voting, which is, he's trying to scuttle. And you don't know how it's going to play literally, out. Literally like, committing voter fraud. Like, like voter it's nothing. Fraud, voter fraud, bro. And you're going to have like election week. It's not going to be election day. It's going to be election week. And Biden's going to be saying he won. And Trump is going to be saying he won. And they're going to be counting votes in Florida and Ohio and Wisconsin. And, you know, man, and it's going to be like, I don't even know what to predict, man. But, like, the country going to be on fire, bro. On fire. It, that's a, it's so, I'm a little too young to, to get the significance of it, to, like, when it was happening in the moment. I kind of, I for sure got it more watching the people versus OJ, but that moment in that tension when before like that verdict was read, like you say that and I'm imagining just the country being on edge for like a week. Yeah. Just like, just in a frenzy is like the best way I can describe it. And that, that is not going to look, it's not going to look pretty. It's 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 not going to look pretty. It's not gonna look pretty, man. Like, and what the outcome of that? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I see everybody throwing a while. Like, oh, is it gonna be a civil war? Or, uh, you know, some people are more optimistic. Like, hey, this is gonna be the cat, you know, the catalyst towards change. Or, you know, I don't know, man. Like, all those things can be true. I just, I, I just, I think the road, wherever it's gonna. The road, whatever the road is to get there, man, it's gonna be a bumpy road, man. Like it's gonna be, ugh, it's gonna be nasty, man. Like, like I'm not looking forward to that. I ain't looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to election day. Whatever the, you know, even if like even if you get Biden, man, it's going, <laughs> like it's just that chap that page that page not gonna turn to the next chapter easily, man. Like, no, it's gonna be crazy. No, it's not. Um, <sighs> um, and then we talk about Biden. Like, it's, it's not like it's not like somebody's gonna come in and change, you know, like change the world, but just like Biden, you know what I'm saying? And it's, oh my god, uh, it's it's Joe, man. <laughs> let, 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 let Joe be Joe. Like, if Trump was like, if Trump was actually a good president, like he would just like call up all the networks and say, look, I'm going to give a speech at this time and, you know, block up all the channels. And he can't, he, he can't do it because we know who he is, but like a real president would just try to calm the situation around the country and assure everybody, look, I know you've been through a pandemic. I know people have been locked in their houses. I know you've been, you know, I know black people, I know you've been going through this, through, through that. We need to figure this out. Let's work together. Blah, blah, blah. Something. You know what I'm saying? But we don't get none of that, man. Like, he can't even like, and he can't, he can't even if he tried to do that, no, he can't because we know who he is, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he don't even operate like that. It's completely empty, empty words, empty empty sentiment, like, there's nothing behind it. Like, don't, don't try to appease us. Like, we know, we know. We know you're full of shit. We know what it is. Um, And I know that both 
both of us, you for sure more because <laughs> of just my account typically being locked. So we have a lot of people on Twitter, um, you know, non-black, you know, yeah. you know, who consider themselves like allies um, for Black Lives Matters and our and our voices matter, you know, Black Lives Mattering and, and everything. Um, and I, I feel like if you're listening to the podcast and you're like, well, shit, like, I'm white. And I don't really know, like, what to do to help. Just the biggest thing I can, the, the biggest step, honestly, is just shutting the fuck up and just just listen. Like, that. that's it. Like, don't listen with just, like, oh, I'm listening to, like, okay, I hear what they're saying. Like, really fucking listen to what we say and what we've been through and our our experiences. Perfect example. I pick up my daughter from her mom's. I get on the freeway out here, 405. As soon as I get on the freeway, LAPD SUV gets behind me. Today, driving home today. And I'm like, all right, you know, trying not to freak out. Got my seatbelt on. She has her seatbelt on. You know, I got my fucking license. I have my registration. I'm good. In my head, I'm good. And then, woo-woo, fucking lights go on. Behind me, and I, and the, the very idea and thought that I could be pulled over and the daughter, my daughter being in my back seat and like my life legitimately flashes beyond like before my eyes, no hyperbole. Like that is not exaggeration. Like that's real life. Like that is yeah. the shit that we experience. Now they like went around me and went on their way, but just that, that paralyzing fear is a real thing that we experience. Like, this is not, like, this is our lot. This is what we deal with on a daily basis. So, like, the biggest thing that you can do to be an ally, truly the first thing is just shut the fuck up and listen. After that, if you know people in your life and in your lives who, you know, are racist or whatever, if they're old and in their ways, they're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to change their mind they're adults like we said like it's going to be very difficult for you to try to change them to be progressive but what you can do is not associate yourself with those type of people anymore like exactly you know what i'm saying like it's not i feel like what i'm saying it's not it's not i'm gonna say it's not hard but it, it's it's easy for me to say but i also know that those could be people that are close to them those could be family members those could be yeah. close family members but it's if if you want to be a true ally, it's gonna take some it's gonna take some steps. It's not fucking tweeting out Black Lives Matter or whatever. Let your voice be heard. You know it's you know it's cultural pressure. You know what I'm saying? It's it's pressure. You know what I'm saying? Like it's shame. You know it's okay to shame if you if you got family members that. Or racist, and you know they're racist. Shame them motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Like shame them. Ain't no, oh, that's just my crazy uncle. No, mm -hmm. nope. No, it ain't. It's, it ain't cool. It's not cool. You know, it's not all right. It's not all right because maybe you maybe yeah, that's just your uncle, but you get twenty million of them or forty mm. million of your mm. crazy uncles. Mm. That's you know they perpetuate a system that has existed. Long before me and you existed, you know what I'm saying? It's and it perpetuates over and over and over. And I, I just want the like the the allies you're talking about, the white off, good old white folk that we love. That, you know, we, I, hey, look, you know what I'm saying? Like you can look at everybody. I get a tweet every couple of days, like, oh, you know this guy? You, do you know that this guy's following you? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like I got. I, my 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 mentions be toxic, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I kind of like it like that because I like to know what's going on. I don't want to, to a certain extent, I don't want to live in the echo chamber. So I just like, 
I don't know. I just like hearing different point of views and, you know, some of them are stupid. If it's stupid, I usually block, but if it's like kind of intelligent, but wrong, I at least want to hear it so I could figure out ways to respond. So, you know, I hear so I could use my empathy and put myself in other people's shoes to figure out where they're coming from so I could target them. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like you got the people out there that's like, you know, oh my God, like maybe it's this, maybe it's just black on black crime or the statistics show like that that bitch Abby who I'm sorry to use the B word, but I <laughs> like literally talking about her her mixed race son. Ah. Uh. And how it's okay that he gets treated differently by the police. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just can't even, I can't even imagine a mother thinking like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's going to prepare her son to get treated by the police. But not only that, that it's okay for that to happen. You should be, you should expect that to happen because of statistics. The the stats say, the stats say that it's right. Like, that the police are just doing a good job. Like, no, no. Shout out we, to my shout out to my dude, Scott Wright, who reached out to me yesterday. He texted me. He sends me this. And he was like, please, like, say, like, there's something that CPS can do in a situation like this. And I was like. <laughs> For real, bro. Nah, bro. Like, <laughs> there isn't. Like, which, which, sick, which, is, which is super sad in itself. Now, if, right. if I'm putting my social worker hat on, I could probably say that her mixed son probably experiences some type some type of intense emotional abuse in that household Man, that, absolutely. that will probably never be reported. But whatever. Man, I can't, I, and I can't even imagine the identity issues oh my goodness. he's yeah. going to have growing up. You know what I'm saying? But, like, look, that, that, that's, you know, we can't deal with that, you know. But, like, I just want people to like, do your research, man. Like, go look into the history of policing in America. It's not like the police have existed for a thousand years. Like, the police is a, like, law enforcement, police, whatever you want to call it, that's like a new creation, you know, like, late, like, mid-1800s. I mean, it comes from, you know, slave catchers and the lawmen is what they used to call them, and Look at the history of what they used to do. Look at where they come from. You know, look into the, the drug war, where the drug war started. You know, look into uh, people like uh, Harry Ans- uh, Anslinger. Harry Anslinger, he was one of the, before the DEA existed, he was like one of the like, main people in government that pushed the creation of uh, uh, the Federal Bureau of, of Narcotics, or Narcotics. And, you know, look at what he did and what he, the propaganda he pushed out into forming that organization and how he pushed the drug war and how it focused on Black America, even though drugs were being used by everybody, you know, it was a extension of racism and racism, racist enforcement. You know, look into the Nixon years, his creation of the war on drugs, mm. the 68 crime bill came out in 1968, which I, I talked about earlier. You know, look into how that was used and targeted towards Black America. Like, even if you think, even if you don't think, like, okay, you know, there are no laws on the books that are targeting Black people or nothing like that. Even if you don't think that, look at how that system has been used. Put your, just put your, 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 uh, your shoe, your feet in the shoes of a policeman. And your job is to rack up felony arrests. And that's your job. Like, that's like your statistic. You know, these guys meet, you know, the leadership of the police meet every week or two and they go over stats. How many felony arrests has your district has had? How many, uh, you know, what's the crime looking in your area? I mean, if you're a policeman, where are you going to focus your effort at? Is it going to be like a white suburb, you know, with wealthy people that vote and you know, and, uh, and, you know, have loud voices and are part of the community and can afford lawyers. No, you're going to go to an area where 
people can be victimized to where people can't afford lawyers, they can't afford bail, they can't afford, you know, a livelihood that meets the criteria of the government, like having permits and, you know, all these little things, all these thousands of laws that they have on the books, you know, that make it hard for people to make money. Yeah, you're gonna know, you're gonna be the police, if you're a police, you're gonna be in the hood, because you know, okay, I see this car with three dudes in it with dreadlocks, one of them gonna have some weed on him. Okay, he got weed. Okay, one of them got a gun. Now you got gun and weed. You know what I'm saying? That's a felony charge. That's all I need. Boom, put that down. You, my, my day done for the done. day. As a the- policeman, like I don't even care what happens to these guys after the fact. Like the paperwork is in, the report is done. I, I got a felony charge. My stats are looking good. Meanwhile. You don't know those guys. That you might have just ruined those guys' lives. You know, he, that man has a son. You know, that man might not be able to go to college now. That man might not be able to get a job now because he has a felony charge on his uh on his record. You know, and it, it just it, it reverberates throughout society. And so even if you're one of those people that's kind of been on the fence and you're like, oh, Black Lives Matter, I don't really get it. Like you, if you hear all these black people saying this. There has to be something there, like something. Like even like even if maybe we might be over exaggerating here or there, or maybe we see racism somewhere where it might not. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But there is something there, man. And for us to coexist, you know, peacefully, which ain't happening now, something gotta change. And it's not gonna happen by, you know, just Get your head up in the sky and act like it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. or just flooding the flooding the hood with cops and thinking you could just beat people down because when you do that, that's when you get a revolution. That's when you get buildings burning down and you know, you know, riots in the street and all that stuff. You know, so it, you know, it, it's just crazy, man. I don't know. You, we, we both watched the first two episodes of uh, Lovecraft Country. We're we're on the we're we're both on the fence about it in terms of what we think about it. But something that stood out to me when I was watching the pilot um, was when you know there's a scene when they they're passing through a town that's called a sundown town, which basically means mm-hmm. if you're black and you're driving, if you're if you're driving in a town and the sun's down, law enforcement literally you know has a right to pull you over and, and lynch you or whatever, and that the period of where that or when that show is um show is supposed to represent all i could think about is like it's 2020 there's still some places in texas mississippi louisiana that that there's still that same type of shit like i I know i gotta i gotta get through this town before it gets too late Exactly. 2020. And there's still places like that in this country. Because it wasn't that long ago, man. Like, when you think about it, like, you know, the Green Book and all that was being released, like, in the still of the 1960s. So people, so black people knew how to get around the country to avoid sundown towns. Like, think about that. You have to avoid a town because if it gets dark, you can literally be killed legally. Like, you can legally be killed, you know, by law enforcement. You know, and this is baked into the mindset of black people in America, you know. Like, these are our fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers, you know. So, I don't know, man. This is wild. All right, I did, I, you know, so anyone who listened to this episode, you, you know, Sorry, I mean, I mean, I really, don't, I don't, I'm not gonna apologize, but I do feel like we'll do a like a super quick recap of of Saint stuff to kind of cleanse the palate. Um, I didn't get in, we didn't get into this with Cat, but can I, can I just say something about like, I, I'm so I'm so annoyed with Pete, bruh. <laughs> Who? Pete. Oh, Pete. <laughs> just so sick of him. Got all about it. <laughs> just, just sick of him, Ryan. <laughs> like, like if you think about it, when I, when I came up with the idea of starting the the Saints Talk podcast with Nick, 
and we did it. It was the year that they drafted Pete. Mm. And I was disappointed that they drafted him because I was like, man, I really wanted Devontae Parker. That was my guy. And they, they, they didn't take Devontae. They took Pete. And, you know, I was like, okay, whatever. And it's just been one thing after another. The, the injuries, the inconsistent play. When he's healthy and he's playing well, he's a above average guard and he's good. But like, yeah. I don't, I don't know where that player's been in about two and a half years. Been about two and a half, man. <laughs> and then, all right, he's a free agent, so I'm like, all right, we're gonna cleanse. You know, we're gonna have a New Orleans funeral, right? Just, just get a celebration because Pete's no longer <laughs> gonna be on the O line, bruh. These dudes bring him back <laughs> at a contract that was just stomach turning. Man breaks his thumb. <laughs> just, I'm just, I'm sick of him, Ryan. I'm sick of him. Thumb, a thumb. It's, 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 you know, with him, it's, it's, it's always something. Like, it's always something, man. I, that just, like, and then he got the nerve to come back all slim and trim. Like, oh, Pete, he, oh, he's look considerably slimmer. Okay, cool. Well, you'll sit your ass down somewhere, man. <laughs> oh, that, that picture, I forgot who posted of him running to like, ra- like with raising canes in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Almost made that my my header for Twitter, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to get that chicken box with the lemonade, boy. <laughs> no slaw, though. No slaw. No slaw. No slaw. Y'all need the bread. That takes his toast, man. <laughs> um, so the consistent theme, even after talking, us talking with Kat, and shout out to Kat, man. She came on here. That was killed it. Man, just a great, great combo. Um, but this the defense has been in the offense's ass all camp, bro. Offense been cheeks, bro. Offense <laughs> been cheeks, man. And I don't yeah. like. I don't worry about like old me would be like, oh shit, like are they going to get it together? Are they going? At what at what point will you worry about it? I mean. Season starts in like two weeks, Ryan. Like, and it's, it's, and it's not like you know they get a preseason game to get shit going and in motion and you know because all we, that. But if you remember, we deal with this every year. Every year, like if you remember the, the beginning of the camp, offense looking kind of trash. The first two preseason games are usually horrible. Like, usually the whole team looks horrible in the first two preseason games. And then the third preseason game, usually Drew gets two or three snaps. And, you know, the offense looks decent. You know, you get the starters out there. And then, you know, and then boom, boom, come week one, you know, we kind of all right, we were ready to roll. You know what I'm saying? But with no preseason, I'm just not sure. I, I, I still say I have no idea what we're going to see on week one. No and, idea. And part of it is – part of it is – now, let me, let me say this. On paper – Probably not, not even probably the most talented defense Sean Payton's ever had. I think easily, easily, easily. So I think part of that is that there's just a lot of dogs and good ass players on defense. Mm-hmm. But is part of that too? I mean, the defense knows the offense. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't even know how you really evaluate it, man. It's... Right. It's, I mean, it is what it is, but it's, it's been a consistent trend all through training camp, all throughout training camp. Um, you know, but they have taken taken it light. Like Ramchek, he's had off days. Uh, Armstead has off days. Drew has had like two off days where he, you know, he's not practicing. Um, Pete's been out. So, and then they're shuffling. You know, Caesar Reese and Eric McCoy over and over trying to figure out where they land. So I just think this I think this is kind of gonna be it for the rest of camp where they still they're just trying to find a groove on offense. I think the scrimmages when they do those live scrimmages will tell us a little more. 
it's going to be interesting to see how those play out. They're going to do it in the Superdome, and it's kind of going to kind of going to try to map it out like a game. So I mean, we'll see how those go. But yeah, but like I said, I mean, it's just it's a veteran offense, man. It's Sean Payton, same coaches. They know how to coach well. They so it might be a little bumpy in the beginning. Even if, you know, week one, week two, maybe the offense might then come out. Maybe they don't come out on fire. And we've seen that in the past before. So, you know, I I just wouldn't go overboard with it as far as like thinking like, okay, the offense is going to be trash the rest of the year. Like, no, but no, that's but you, but just prepare yourself. Maybe the offense doesn't come out flying high in the first couple of weeks. Of the maybe season. some maybe some growing pains. Maybe that's the best word. Right. Yeah, some, right. Some well, it might look good here and there, but then you know, maybe you know the blocking ain't right. Or maybe, you know, some guys aren't catching the ball as well. But here's, knows, here's, man? here's the important thing that, with especially with Pete, more so with Pete missing time, the whole offensive line, it's all about communication and, yeah. and consistent um, having routine, like yeah. shuffling, shuffling, different linemen in like that throws off offensive line chemistry like hugely so we don't know by when they play the bucks is it going to be nick easton at left guard or is it going to be pete like i don't know because technically pete really hasn't i mean yes he looks slimmer but like he hasn't had like a full training camp so are you going to put him out at left guard and he's going to be against uh, Vita Bea and and Sue, week one. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, just, I'm just saying, like that's where you know. Or do you give him like a week to get acclimated and put him out there week two? I don't know when they play. I think that's when they play the Raiders. I, I don't know. Um, so that's interesting to see. And you know, I'll I'll say this. You know, we know how, you know, we've talked about this before. We know what we thought of Zach Bond as a prospect, but it sounded like he was coming on, like, in training yeah. camp and grasping things. And they have a, as Sean Payton would say, they have a vision for him of how they want to use him in the defense. And then, of course, he, like, pulls something, whatever, trying to chase taste him. And it's just like, no, nah, we don't even know if it's serious. It probably isn't. It just, the coaches seem to be very um, ca- uh, cautious with players, which just makes sense. Um, But he's been one of the, like, in terms of, like, players I'm excited or am excited to see when football is actually played, he's one of the players that, like, man, like, I could see, like, him, like, it wouldn't shock me to see him have, like, a splash play once or twice a game where he can completely, you know. He's just an impressive-looking dude. Like, you just look at him, like, like big and you know he's moving. I don't know. When you see him on the field, it's like damn. Like the Saints got it like a like a ferocious looking defense. You know, you remember how like the Forty ers used to look with uh, Patrick Willis and Willis. You know, Navarro uh, Bowman, Navarro Bowman, like Justin Smith. They just looked. They just looked ferocious. You yeah, know what I'm like, saying? like they they got off the bus and you're like, oh, you got off the bus. Like okay, this is a defense. And the Saints are starting to look like that, man. You're like. You got, you know, all your DNs or two eighty plus, you know, Marcus, you know, Marcus Davenport or Big Creek Grandison, he, <laughs> he like two seventy-three or something like two seventy-eight. You got Big Cam, you got my, my my dude rankings. I don't know if it's true, but man, they say my dude moving well. You know what I'm saying? Like come on, come on rank, now. Big rank moving, you know. I mean, that's a that's a good look and the and the what's the most consistent thing you we've heard throughout camp, it's been the coverage. Like, yeah, man, they've been shutting it down. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the, Sa- nothing in the, in the Saints, it offensively is, is a very hard team to match in coverage. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're able to, I, it, I'm just saying, man, like all, all everything's right, right in front of them. And it's funny too, because I, I tweeted this, it's the juxtaposition of like the NBA playoffs potentially just stopping and being canceled, and the NFL is like, <laughs> well, <laughs> oh well, 
Negroes, we playing football. Like we playing some football. <laughs> you know, I mean, NFL players just don't have it like that, man. Like NBA, NBA players got it good, man. Like you know what I'm saying? Like the money so, they make, guarantees and all that stuff. They take care of the NBA. The NFL, shit, man. You think a player making eight hundred thousand gonna give a shit about? Man, hell no. no. The play these games. <laughs> and and preseason's already got canceled, so they don't get preseason right. checks. Man, listen. oh hell no. And you gotta understand, man, them dudes live in fear, man. Like the NFL players live in fear. You know what I'm saying? Constant fear. The NBA the NBA is just not like that. You know what I'm saying? I must say the NBA is definitely a player driven league. Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Anything and I, I tweeted this to you. You brought up, you brought up Rinkins, man. And I, tweet, I said, if he is 80, if he can give you 80% of how he was in 2018, he transforms the defense to right. an elite defense. Because exactly. as, as, as it was doc, I was not a Rinkins fan coming out out of Louisville. Yeah. Just, I was not. I, I didn't see it. Yeah. I was more yeah. of a... I was more of a Chris Jones guy. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, yeah, I was a big, yeah, big Chris Jones guy too. Man. Um, but, and it, it took him a while, but that 2018 season, that that that, that was it was he wasn't as good as Geno Atkins, but like he had a very Geno Atkins light season where he was right. at, in stretches dominant. Right. If they're getting anything, if if he's that guy consistently and can show that like I, I really think and I don't want to say he's the lunch pin but he's he's the wild card like he's, right. he's the true wild card of the defense in my opinion right like uh Nick Nick Underhill called him a uh a tipping point player where it's like okay tips that scale to the point like okay the defense is really good but if he is 2018 rankings, now you're talking about a potentially dominant defense. Dominant. You know, because if, you know, if Marcus Davenport realizes his potential, Cam stays doing what he's doing, the rotation is ridiculous. You got Malcolm Brown, Shy Tuttle, you got, you know, uh, Granderson, you got so many guys that can come in, you know, Onyemata. Uh, uh, so... I mean, that's the, you know that's like a ferocious, nasty defense. Not to mention, you got a secondary that can cover for two and a half seconds, which increases your chances of mm-hmm. pressure on the quarterback. So, you know, and you've got a linebacker core that's you know fat. We finally got a linebacker core Bruh. that's athletic, fast, can move. You know what I'm saying? Like we finally got it. We got it. After all those years of wishing, getting, we getting, got it, man. Get emotional just thinking about it. Because we went through some times, bruh. And <laughs> I remember when we was excited about Jolan Dunbar having a decent season, <laughs> bruh. Like, I, I was mad when they got rid of Dunbar. Like, come on, man. Man, he I still remember. He had a PFF rating of 79. <laughs> I still remember the time they were playing the Titans and he made a play on Jake Locker when Ooh. they were driving to score a oh, touchdown. Yeah. That's 2011. Bruh. Yes. No, that was that 2011. That was 2011. Was it really? Man, that feels was, like. Was that the game? Uh, Coaster caught two touchdowns. All I remember is basically Jolan Dunbar made a play on Jake Locker that basically won the game for the Saints. Like, yeah. he was scrambling and like. Yeah, he we, was scrambling at the end. Yep. Yes. Yes. That. That we we we've been through it, bro. <laughs> Man. Curtis, slow, lofting, like we. And hey, what was he, it? What oh was man! Sign from the Seahawks, David. Oh, uh, hold on. There you I was excited. <laughs> I, I'm just pulling out PFF stats. Like, man, he has a coverage rating of eighty-nine point three. We've been through it, bro. So <laughs> we we deserve. <laughs> Having linebackers that can actually move sideline to sideline on the football field. Right. So last. Anything before we start wrapping things up? Anything from training camp since we talked to Cat or just in general that's caught your eye or or your attention? 
Um, you know, nothing major, man. I mean, you know, you, you just, everybody just need to take kind of training camp for what it is this year. Like, you got to imagine, like, uh, uh, what's the kid? He was getting torched in one-on-one cornerback. I think it's Keith Washington, number 38. Okay. He was getting yeah, torched yeah. on the videos. And he was like, oh, man, this dude trash. Uh, and I talked to Nick, and he's been having some good good practices the last couple of weeks. Right, so you got to understand, those first couple of days, like, those are the, these guys' first days in the NFL, like, playing against Mike Thomas. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like <laughs> the first you, days. It's like, could you imagine? Like, like, these are also professional athletes. I can imagine yeah. what it would look like if, like, if – me or you, <laughs> uh, it would be comedy. So, you know, so it's like these are the OTAs, these are the minute camps, and right. it's all being condensed into one few couple of weeks. So, I just, you know, I just try to say, like, just don't overreact to anything. I know they put out the little videos every day, and I watch them, I retweet them, and all that, but I wouldn't take much from them, period. You know what I'm saying? If you see something good, good, but right. You know, it's like this season is just they, different, man. You got to remember the context. Yeah, the context. Like that, that's what's getting lost. Although one of the the most best videos that you sent me yourself was um was Alvin going against the Mario. Wow. There's there's nothing yeah. I love better in football than great going against great. Like yeah. To me, like that's football porn. And so you sent me that, and I was like, "Whoo!" <laughs> I said, "Whoo!" You know, and it it, to, it told me because because it tells you so much. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like I just said, don't read much into it, but I read everything into that one. I was like, <laughs> it told me everything I needed to know that Kamara is healthy, like he's good. He's good. He's package back. Him up. Package him up. Just put and, him away right now. And it tells you like, like. Demario is so dang good, bro. Like I know he was beat, <laughs> but he's so like oh, he was moving. He, it's unreal. There's a the, the play we were playing against the Bucks. I think the game was at the dome. AK goes out and he's lined up against Levante David, and he yeah. wins down the field on a on a deep pass when he was split out wide. And after the play, like the like the um Le, Levante just like gave him like a pat on the butt, like, like you good, bruh. Like, yeah, you good. I, I was, I was there. Like, you, like that's that's the stuff about football that that I love. Like, great athletes yeah. going against great athletes, dogs being dogs, just dogs, and just just going after each other. Like that's, and I know that I get it. Like we and you had this kind of conversation earlier. Part of me. If, if not that I would think it would happen, because again, the NFL is very different from the NBA. But like, if a season didn't happen because of everything that's going on, I wouldn't even care. But on the flip side, like, I kind of I agree with you what you said. Like, man, like, I know that sports, because I, I saw this on Twitter, like, I know that sports is not like it shouldn't be our escape or what have you. Fuck! Do we need something right now? God, man, he's tough, man. damn! Like seriously, <laughs> seriously, man! Like, <sighs> like, I need it. I just need something I could hold on to when I come home and some watch a little football. I just need, like, I need that, man. Like, I need just some kind of sense of normalcy, just to break away. It's like, you know, back to uh, you was talking about Lovecraft, a Lovecraft country, and. Like, man, I always almost turned it off on the first episode, you know, because, you know, a lot of movies today, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it, but they have to introduce this sort of racism. And, you know, like, there's like a part where, you know, they were in the uh, diner or there's a part where the guy was like making the monkey sounds while my dude was eating a banana. And I was just like, oh, I just don't feel like it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just man. don't feel like you, I, I, I open Twitter in the morning and I see a black man getting shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to escape that when right. I watch TV. Yes. I just want to break. I just want a little small break from it, and then I get back to reality afterwards. But I said ah, I'm gonna stick with it because you know, I can tell it's gonna be a good show. But you know, it's just one of those things, man. Like, 
Like, man, I need a break. <laughs> I need something. I need a mental break from uh 2020 because it's kicking my ass. And I'm I'm on the outskirts. I'm still personally I'm fine. You know what I'm saying? Like got my wife, I work, make money, you know, lights on, got food. Like I, I can't complain personally. I can't complain, but I guess just being inundated with what's going on in the world, you know, really does just, you know, it just makes you uncomfortable and it makes you, uh, you know, makes you uncertain about the future, you know? I mean, it does. It does, 100%. And that's why, and it's funny, too, because if you, if you think about it, the same, like, if you just, just, not so much the Saints, but I get football in general, but imagine the Saints being... <laughs> someone's escape with what with, with they're notoriously <laughs> like oh I need this I need an escape for 2020 <laughs> and, and you watching these niggas like, like like you were just you were telling me you were watching the Saints Houston Texas game <laughs> like why <laughs> why are you doing it that's your escape <laughs> And it really was an escape, man. Like, I was watching a route. Uh, Ted Ginn ran a route, and he looked like he ran it wrong because Drew Brees came to check him afterwards. And I don't know. It, it was it literally was an escape. I was just interested. I was like, oh, right. Man, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, in general, like, someone just watching a Saints yeah. game and that being their escape, I was like, ooh. Man, that's a tough escape. You know, especially knowing how, you know, I ain't going to say that. <laughs> anyway. Um, but we just, we wanted to get on and I mean, there's so much going on, going on. We just, we wanted to have a space to talk and, you know, we may do, you know, other episodes later with, with people on, you know, talking about stuff that isn't football related because, you know, it's, it's not always about football and it's not about football right now. Obviously we, we hit on the saints towards the end of the pod, but, um, and that's you know. the beauty of podcast. It's not like radio where you got to listen to what's hey, if you don't want to listen hit pause don't, stop don't, don't listen <laughs> don't listen wait wait till the episode, next right skip episode fast forward whatever you want to do you know what I'm i mean so, you could fast forward so so we can at least get like the listen quote unquote but like you don't have to actually yeah. listen exactly. um so the plan regarding the fantasy football league is by the end oh, all right you know what <laughs> by the end of Sunday. So between now and Sunday, it will be created. I don't, I'm debating if we want to do 12. So they're obviously us two are going to be in the league. So I'm debating if we're going to do a 12 person league or a 14 person league. Um, I, I'm not going to do like a two league thing unless people just start going crazy with contribution on Patreon and getting in the league, then that's a completely different thing. Um, but as of right now, I'm, I'm thinking about it being a 14-person league. People who are already current Patreon subscribers, don't you know, donators, automatically get in the league, and then we still have to figure out what what the plan is for people who who don't donate to get in the league. But that is where the fantasy football stuff lies. It will be done by this Sunday. So there. Yes. Patreon.com. Search hashtag. Saints Twitter podcast, and you know, become a Patreon. Whatever you you know, whatever you want to put up, two three dollars, whatever you know, just join up. Trust me, all the money is going towards trying to improve the production of this podcast because we plan on making it just kind of a special little place for Saints Twitter. And uh, the numbers have been looking good. Downloads have been looking good. Please go subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or. Uh, Stitcher or Google Play. We're still not on Spotify yet, but it's <laughs> Speaking of nigga, what are you doing? <laughs> Man, it's not, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. But we will be on there. Uh, so, you know, just hold tight. You can listen to it. It's not like you can't listen to the podcast. It's, you know, uh, it's coming. But yeah, patreon.com. Search for uh, hashtag Saints Twitter. Say to the pod, and uh, we'd be appreciative if you uh, join the Patreon. You can join the Facebook, join the uh, fantasy football, play it on doing some like video chats with 
pants and yeah. we're gonna do, we do some goodies. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do all that. All I, that. I, I, I just said that because I hate how I look on camera. Um, and before we get out of here, um, <laughs> anyone who who's in you know Southeast Louisiana, Lafayette area, all all that, please please be safe. Um, please, please. With, with Hurricane Laura. Southwest, Southwest Louisiana. Sorry, sorry, Southwest. Um, it it looks to be strong. So please take care of yourselves. Um, like Ryan tweeted earlier, I've never been through a hurricane. Um, but like Ryan tweeted earlier, like all your important shit. If you're listening, if you haven't evacuated yet, like evacuate. Take all your important shit, birth certificate, pictures, all that stuff, and just be safe. Just be safe, man. You know. With that, with that um, depressing, <laughs> depressing <laughs> message at the end, um, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, to all the people who who do listen to us, um, and you know, hot shout out to my guy, to my guy Julio. Um, he texted me. Um, I had a, you know, we met at a Saints uh, tailgate before Rams game three years ago. And Julio's cool as shit. Um, he every episode he listens to, he'll text me and hit me up and give me his thoughts on what he thinks about the episode. And he always has great things to say about us. So, all of our listeners who who like our who like what we do, we appreciate it and thank you guys for for our for your support. We truly truly appreciate it. With that, we're out. We'll be back next time. Peace. Peace. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.